Hey everyone, welcome back to Tech Talk. I'm here with Computer World senior writer Lucas Mirian. Today we are talking all things mobile voting, so stick around. Lucas, thank you so much for coming in. Mobile voting is really on the top of mind here in the U.S. Um, if you miss the news or if you're outside of the U.S., there was just a primary Democratic nomination election in Iowa that used mobile voting in some form that went a bit haywire. So we're really thinking about it a lot here in the U.S. Um, so, Lucas, you've been covering mobile voting quite a bit recently. So could you just tell us sort of what the what the draw of mobile voting was or sure. is for some cities, some counties. Yeah, access uh, to, to voting for absentee voters mainly. Mm-hmm. But it's also been opened up to the general population for municipal counties and in one case for a conservation district for their uh, uh, election of commissioners. That mm-hmm. was in Seattle. Actually, that one's still going on. So it just opens it opens up the voting process to uh to, to folks, to, to, to people in general. And, uh, and that's why these election commissioners, um, the secretaries of state, uh, really want to embrace mobile voting, just yeah. to give increased access. Sure. It does seem like a really powerful tool to increase access for, I would say, people who are perhaps living abroad, people who are even living out of state. I mean, I know when I used to um, be registered in a different state when I went to college mm-hmm. in Massachusetts, I would vote absentee, and that required a paper ballot, and it wasn't too much of a hassle to do. But I can see the appeal of mobile voting in that case if you can't be physically there to cast a ballot on election day. Absolutely. And I, I'm former military, and I I know when I was overseas mm-hmm. or in my case deployed on an aircraft carrier, I, d- I didn't even think about voting. It, it never crossed my mind really? because, well, it's a process yeah. to vote as an absentee voter. And so I, I would suspect most people don't think about it. Um, maybe if they're stationed uh, at a permanent duty station in Europe or elsewhere around the mm-hmm. world, they might consider that. But if they're moving around, it's it's difficult. It's not easy to register an ab- as an absentee voter. Uh, using paper, or in many cases, I don't think people are aware you can vote via email in, in a lot of in 32 states. That's I think mind blowing to yeah. me. <laughs> but uh, uh, this makes it to you know in, in a uh, in a mobile society now. It's it's a lot easier to just have an application. You're pre-verified. Uh, that that's a process you do still have to go through. But once you're pre-verified, it's as easy as using any other mobile app. And what I do want to touch on a little bit are these, actually not even a little bit, a lot bit, the security concerns involved in mobile voting. Because immediately when you say that you're going to take a highly, highly important and what should be a trusted process, and you're going to use technology to implement it and to make it, you know, available to more people, which is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. But when you are putting such an important process in the hands of a device, I can only begin to imagine the amount of security concerns. The Iowa caucus uh, (laughs) was probably the most unmitigated disaster Mm -hmm. they they, they could have run into. Now, the political pundits are all screaming about the fact that this makes the Democratic Party look bad because we don't know who won. I think we do by now or it's about to be announced. Probably by the time this video is launched, we'll almost certainly know. That's probably going to be forgotten by November. I don't think it's that big a deal. What's not going to be forgotten is that this voting app screwed up. Mm -hmm. Uh, It wasn't able to put out the proper uh, uh, register, the proper votes, and, and spit that information back out to tell you who the winner was. 
and people are going to start to question, well, was this hacked? Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any indication of that, but that's and, the, the And thought. for the record, the Iowa Democratic Party is saying, no, it was yeah, not any sort of hack. It was a coding issue, but yeah, continue. Right. But that's what people are automatically going to think because sure. of the 2016 elections and uh, the Russian influence. And they've also found evidence that they attempted to hack into voting systems. Mm-hmm. Um, now that we're putting things online, now that we have things on servers or in the cloud, in most cases, this is cloud-based from companies like AWS and Microsoft, Mm -hmm. because they're not setting up servers of their own. They're using services to record this information. People are questioning, does this open uh, U.S. elections to um, outside interference? And the uh, Iowa caucus, even if that didn't happen, the fact that there was a screw-up you have screw up an application, and those two things yeah. are immediately going to be thought of uh, yeah. by the public. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're really concerned about. Now, the folks that I've talked to who have used these voting applications, and there's a half a dozen uh, or so of them, um, I'm trying to think, you got Votes, V O A T Z, Votum, um, uh, Seidel, Secure Vote, and the most recent one that I've reported on is Democracy Live, and they're actually still involved in an online election in Seattle and Seattle and the surrounding county. They're electing some uh, commissioners to the conservation board there, but that's the largest one of all. So there are about half a dozen of them out there now, and they're all being actively used. Also, Estonia is the first nation on, on in the world to uh, set up a uh, national online voting system. They did that back in 2015. Last year, for the general elections, they saw a 40% increase in online voting for the public. So it does work. It it has been very uh, good at at making uh, voting more inclusive for the population. But we're talking about Estonia, a country of 1.3 or 4 million people compared to the United States of 325, 300, whatever it is now, 40 million people. Mm -hmm. So it's a big difference, and experts point that out. Experts in general feel that it's okay to test this stuff Mm-hmm. to pilot this stuff for, say, absentee voters, but they're still extremely wary and don't feel it's quite reached the level of maturity, if only for the perception uh, to be used in general elections. They love paper ballots. Yeah. And that's actually an interesting point about um, the this Seattle, it, it's a the Conservation District Board of Supervisors election, right? So it's a relatively small election. But am I wrong that I think Washington state uses almost exclusively mail-in ballots? I could be. Well, now mail-in, you're correct, but they also allow those ballots to be sent via email. Oh. So you can take an attachment, put it in. They're very, actually, they're one of the states who are most progressive in this. And they allow voters to email uh, attachments of their Ballots, ballots yeah. to the state. So it, they're actually very progressive in that way. And that's when, when I say 32 states allow uh, electronic voting. It's not really electronic voting, but allow them to cast their votes online via email in many cases. And that's for the general public can email, or is that just like these special nope, use cases? No, it's general. The general public is huh. allowed to email. Yeah. I, I think it's an interesting using mobile voting, just shifting back to mobile voting, talking mm-hmm. about it for these, you know, specific use cases, the overseas voters, the absentee voters, the disabled voters mm-hmm. that maybe can't physically be there on election day, but are still very much local. Mm-hmm. That seems like a 
good place to pilot this program if you could maybe count those ballots as an absentee ballot when they're used to if the election is if it's razor thin margins but shifting to the iowa caucuses it's important to note that this app wasn't used to it's not every single person had their phone and they cast their caucus ballot on well it's not technically a ballot their caucus vote on their phones. This was used for precinct leaders to sort of tally the final results and then send to the state. And the issue with this app is that people couldn't, well, one of the issues is that it seemed that a lot of precinct leaders were frustrated with the app and Mm. then instead turned to a hotline, which they could use and call in their tallies. And then they were on hold for a while. It just sort of seemed like a whole Not well vetted. (laughs) Not well vetted. And and I don't even know if this app, as many of these other apps do that use for Mm -hmm. online voting, use blockchain as an electronic ledger to record the vote. Mm -hmm. So not actually, you're not voting through blockchain, but it's this immutable ledger that is used to record the votes and to keep those votes secret because the identity of the people voting is encrypted, only known to uh, the state that's recording those votes or the entity that's recording those votes because it's it's called a private ledger, uh, not a public one. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. And I mean, again, the caucus process is so sort of complex. If Even if you are in the United States, it's very likely you're not really that familiar with it. I think if you asked like 80% of people what a caucus is, they'd be like, it has something to do with voting. (laughs) It's because it's not even a private vote to begin with. It's very much public. Um, But it's... Even though it's seen that this was not a hack, it's dis- it's attributed the issue to the Iowa Democratic Party has attributed the issue with the app to a coding error, and it seems like not all of the data was accurately recorded. But the good news is that there was a pretty sizable paper trail. They did sort of account for this issue, um, but there was also a fair amount of pushback in that. There was, in the months and weeks leading up to the Iowa caucuses, which are the first in the nation, Mm -hmm. there were a lot of questions from reporters, security experts, asking the Iowa Democratic Party, because this is the first time they had used this app in particular, about the developer, who had vetted it, how it had been vetted, whether it was put through a stress test, and they were largely apprehensive to say any of this, perhaps because they wanted to protect it from... um, any potential to become a target exactly but going forward what do you sort of see as the process of mobile voting do you think this is going to really hinder any progress for a bit yeah i i do i think this is is a a a black mark on Mm -hmm. um, on mobile voting because there's already a lot of weariness about this i i think if you talk to state officials who have used mobile voting they love it Mm-hmm. They're not willing to use it in for a general election or for the general population anytime soon. But they're saying these pilots should continue. Um, but this just more – I was speaking to um, an election official in Seattle, and she basically said this, this is the problem. It's not that the technology is bad. It's the perception of using the internet to Got vote. It. So that's what she's most wary of is Mm -hmm. is, uh, starting to use the internet for this voting process because people don't necessarily trust that this can't be hacked. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that it can be. It's it's not even that they've found ways to hack it. They're worried that it could be sometime in the future, even if you're using encryption. So it's more about perception. That's why I say that this caucus glitch uh, in the uh, voting application is, uh, again, it's about perception. It's Mm -hmm. about what this says in the eyes of the public. Yeah. And it says 
that these applications are not bulletproof. They can fail. They can have coding problems. And maybe if they can have coding problems, they could also be vulnerable to attacks. And it seems like from what I've read of your stories and your um, sources, it seems like the only true foolproof, and it's not even completely foolproof way to vote, is just the good old-fashioned pen and paper. Pen and paper. And what's interesting about even these voting apps is, in the end, they do print out the results. So it's not all electronic. Once it's cast, they print those out so that they can then be recorded, uh, you know, physically recorded and held. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, stored. So they, they still have a paper trail attached to them. This just opens up voting to, as you said, people who aren't capable of getting to the polls right, right now. Yeah. yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see whether or not this specific app that the Iowa Democratic Party used is going to be used for pretty much one of the only other caucuses in the U.S., the Nevada caucus, which is in a few weeks mm-hmm. before the rest of the primary um, elections start coming out. But I think it it could potentially have been used in the Nevada caucus, but seeing how poorly it went over, I wonder if they'll just abandon that completely or they'll try to make whatever patches are necessary, fix whatever bugs um, went wrong. But I guess we'll, we'll f- be finding out about that in a few weeks. And probably by the time that this video is live, we may or may not have any more insight about how the caucuses went. So with that, Lucas, thank you so much. You're welcome. Really interesting topic, especially now here in the U.S. And I mean, there's plenty of other elections going on worldwide, but worldwide, it seems like Estonia is really the pioneer in mobile voting. And and they have embraced it. They love it. They say it works well. But Mm -hmm. again, small country. Yeah. Few people. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we'll see. Thank you all so much for watching this episode of Tech Talk. If you liked this video, be sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. We will have some of the links to Lucas's stories below. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.